We are many, you and I, and all of us humans, and all living beings, but we are one body. Today is Ecumenical Sunday. The word ecumenical comes from the Greek word oikumeni, meaning the whole earth. The early church held seven ecumenical councils from the 4th to the 7th centuries, where key doctrinal issues solidified church unity. The Council of Nicaea of 325, where the Nicene Creed originated, is one, is one of those councils. You know the Nicene Creed, and you will hear it shortly. Of course, the council solidified right belief, and schisms became the new reality. Unity required conformity, and this has generally been true for most of Christian history. Today, the word ecumenical generally refers to the Federation of Churches worldwide and the movement toward Christian unity. And this is a unity of spirit and heart, a very different understanding of unity than at the Council of Nicaea, which was about unity of belief and consolidation of the institutional church's power. In 1948, the World Council of Churches was established as the primary instrument of the Christian ecumenical movement. The World Council is a fellowship of churches with more than 300 Protestant and Orthodox denominations from every continent. The idea of Ecumenical Sunday arose from within the World Council of Churches. So, we celebrate Ecumenical Sunday today with millions of Christians worldwide. This is a special day. The ecumenical movement as a widespread unity of spirit and faith is recent in church history. 1948, my parents' lifetimes. This openness we experience and desire for unity that moves beyond just preserving church power and right belief represents something new. But uh, let's talk beyond just Christianity. Interfaith, 1893. The World Parliament of Religions was the first truly global interfaith meeting, our first intentional interfaith dialogue, 1893. My grandfather was a child then. The next parliament meeting did not occur until 1993, a hundred years later, and that was only 29 years ago, my lifetime. The current Dalai Lama was the keynote speaker. A pandemic era 2021 World Parliament of Religions happened via Zoom, and that opened participation globally to ordinary Christians like ourselves. Interfaith history is happening right here in our lifetimes. Arising from the 1893 World Parliament of Religions, a new concept became mainstream, and that new concept was religious tolerance. Religious tolerance, 1893. Unity of Spirit and Heart, 1948. These ideas are recent developments in Christianity's 2000 year history. And so as one body, we observe unity and tolerance and we celebrate Ecumenical Sunday together. Yay, this is good news. In writing about ecumenism, our very own beloved Bishop Spong suggested that the ecumenical movement calls us to join hands and pledge ourselves to walk side by side, enrich one another, and to ask for forgiveness for the blindness that, so, that for so long has kept us divided. 
And yet he cautioned us. There is a note of fear that is largely unconscious about the ecumenical movement. For Christians to embrace pluralism in their approach to God, or relativity in seeking God's truth, cuts across the traditional institutional lifeline. So an admission of heightened insecurity. Christians will enter that dialogue devoid of any claim to possessing a superior source of truth, which has been the historic Christian stance. They will stand only as equal seekers after truth, vulnerable and afraid, with ancient triumphalism, a pale historic memory. Equal seekers after truth. Uh, this, is, this is a different world, but wow, so true. Uh, this is the way things are moving. But nowadays, even as the possibilities for interfaith dialogue and ecumenism abound, a few religious people do react in fear, sometimes planting the seeds of divisiveness to ensure conformity of belief and practice, much like the era of the ecumenical councils of some 1500 years ago. There is one truth and one right faith. A well-known Christian recently wrote an op-ed piece filled with inflammatory critiques of an organization that is very near and dear to me, an organization that, in my mind, is very committed to the well-being of us all. I was angry. I was livid. Having spent 25 years as a professional librarian, I started fact-checking his writing. The first paragraph alone had countless factual errors that were cl clearly intended to stoke disunity. How dare he? I was ready to write an inflammatory response countering his arguments, using his own words, words like nutty, stupid, flaky, wrongheaded, elitist. But we are one body. To write a credible critique of the writer's thought, I explored his background a bit. He had a terribly broken childhood, and I realized that his inflammatory words of judgment might well apply to the family members who had so hurt him. And then I remembered Father Richard Rohr's words, healed people heal people. And the converse is also true, hurting people hurt people. We are one body. I can respond by finger pointing, scapegoating, yelling, writing angry letters, telling him that he, he has wrong beliefs, but does that really heal the divisiveness and polarity that we experience daily? Do we want a kind of unity that is rooted in anger and judgment and conformity? Is this even healthy for us? What kind of world do we want to live in? What kind of church do we want to be a part of? What is our responsibility here? We are one body. So let's take a step back and take a breath and read a little poetry. Rumi, the 13th century Sufi Muslim poet wrote, yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself. Changing myself, changing ourselves. In the fourth century, St. Augustine of Hippo, a father of the church said, the church consists in the state of communion of the whole world. Wherever we are connected in right relationship, in love, there is the Christ, the authentic body of God revealed, 
Now, isn't that a great statement for Ecumenical Sunday? The church consists in the state of communion of the whole world. Wherever we are connected in right relationship, in love, there is the Christ, the authentic body of God revealed. So, we are one body, a body connected in love. So, let us sow the seeds of love, and let us start with ourselves. I, th I have three homework exercises for you, so let's do it. Um, here's the first one, uh, drawing on the science of biofeedback. This is a, uh, an exercise that is spiritual, uh, and it is used for stress reduction. So, we are going to radiate positive emotions. Doesn't that sound good? Let's do it. So, um, I'm going to radi practice radiating love. You can radiate love, joy, or gratitude. Choose the positive emotion that works for you. Do, um, so, when we feel love, or joy, or gratitude, we feel greater calm and clarity and less stress. For a minute or two between your daily activities, put your hands on your heart. Imagine breathing in through your heart. Remember feelings of love that you have, that you have for someone or something. And let that feeling of love build in intensities. intensity. Smile. Feel your heart connecting with others on the planet who are also radiating love into the world. Radiate love with the intention of alleviating the suffering of others and healing the separation, the judgments, and divisiveness that create waves of stress, anxiety, and uncertainty, both individually and globally. Know that you, along with a whole community who are radiating love, are contributing to the well-being of all people and all of God's creation. So hold that feeling of love for a minute or two. Okay, so practice this. You can also radiate love or joy or gratitude towards specific people, living beings, or situations. And our reading from Nehemiah today, the prophet says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy, joy, love, and gratitude are good starting points in our daily lives. Let us transform the world around ourselves by filling our own hearts with joy, love, and gratitude. And this, my friends, will allow us to be in a state of communion with the whole world. Where we see fear, anger, and judgment, let us sow love, gratitude, and joy. When I am angry with the author I mentioned, let me sow love. Maybe not directed at him personally, but just feel love in my heart and let that radiate. Love for all beings. It feels good, doesn't it? So here's my second assignment. I consider myself both Episcopalian and Quaker, and we Quakers have spiritual queries, and these are questions that help us in discernment. And here is a query from the New England Yearly Meetings, Faith and Practice. What does love require of you? What does love require of us? Reflect upon this. What does love require of you? And what does it require of us? A great question. So that was my second assignment. My third assignment is this. I want you to consider these words that the Dalai Lama shared 
1993 World, Parliament's, World Parliament of Religions, make the vow today that you shall never allow your faith to be used as an instrument of violence. Make the vow today that you may become an instrument of peace, living according to the ethical teachings of compassion in your own religion. So, make the vow today that you may become an instrument of peace, living according to the ethical teachings of compassion in your own religion. Okay, do you have these three assignments down? I'll bet you do. I would like to close with another reading from the Sufi Muslim poet Rumi. The title here is One Song. One song, all religions, all the singing, is one song. The differences are just illusion and vanity. The sun's light looks a little different on this wall than it does on that wall, and a lot different on this other one, but it is still the same light. We have borrowed these clothes, these time and place personalities from a light, and when we praise, we are pouring them back in. So, pouring them back into one song, the divine. So let us praise and let us practice radiating love and joy and gratitude. And let us ask ourselves, what does love require of us? And let us make ourselves instruments of peace and compassion. In doing so, we will be physically healthier, psychologically healthier, and our bond of unity will heal our souls and our oikumenin, our earth. One body, one song. Let us praise God together as we celebrate our unity worldwide. And remember to smile. Amen.